0: Good morning, it is nine minutes past seven o'clock on a busy, busy, busy Sunday morning downtown Minneapolis. Dr. David Hilden is on our line as he is every Sunday morning at seven o'clock for Healthy Matters. Dr. Hilden, welcome to the program.
1: Hey Susie, how are you doing? I bet it's busy downtown, people are running.
0: That's right, it was very strange to see, you know, traffic Downtown, <laughs> you know cars. i know
1: that's what, that's what's good about sports you get people coming downtown for the games and for the marathon you know i've run a few of those twin cities marathons
0: have you really
1: i have i've run i had to think about that five of them
0: oh wow uh
1: i didn't break any land speed records let's ah! just put it that way
0: <laughs> <My> son, <laughs> One of my... um, go ahead oh i was just gonna say david my son is running back. oh yes yeah just i'm so excited for him and you know yesterday i was Giving him a little mom pep talk, and I'm like, you know, just do the best you can, and you know, if you have to walk, and you know, if you don't make it, he goes, "Mom, stop it." He goes, you "He goes, I'm gonna finish the race." I'm like, okay, you know,
1: anyway. You're already giving him the excuse for if it doesn't go well, and yeah. he's looking for the pep talk. Exactly. You're like, you got this. No, I had one of them that was so bad that I was, um, okay, this is maybe more for a Sunday morning than people want to hear, ah, but I'm running okay. down, I'm running down Summit Avenue and I have to go behind the spectators to the grassy area, median on Summit Avenue so I could, you know, be sick. I was, oh, you yeah, know, but then no. I finished it. I finished it, so you know. There you go. I, you know, you wonder why people do that, but it, it's a to all the runners. There is nothing more exciting. If any of you are driving downtown right yes, now, yes, yes, um, there's nothing more exciting than when you're about to experience. You're going to get out there on Sixth Street outside U.S. Bank Stadium, and I might add, right outside my office window at the hospital. And you are going to stand there, you're going to be a little bit chilly, you're going to be bouncing on your toes, trying to stay warm, you're probably a little bit nervous, your guts are going to be churning, and you're going to get running, and you're going to be so glad you did, and it's going to be the best two to six hours of your life, and it's wonderful. Well,
0: on that happy note, I do have a question about marathoning. I mean, is it, obviously it's hard, is it hard on your body, it's not something you want to do regularly, Do you know what I mean? It's quite a strenuous activity. (laughs) It is. It's
1: a bit controversial, actually, because exercise is clearly good for your body. But exercise meaning maybe 30 to 60 minutes a day. And exercising, you know, running 26 miles is not exercise. That's like lunacy, I think. But uh, so um, it is not known to be bad for you, although... Although there is some evidence that marathon runners can actually get some, uh, a little, uh, some of them, you're, if they do your blood tests after a marathon, they'll be abnormal. Your kidneys might be slightly abnormal. Mm. You might be in a little lactic acidosis. You know, there's a whole bunch of things that could happen. But overall overall, those those are just minor little things. And, and it, it's generally people are in exceptionally good shape who are doing this. And they're not running 26 miles every day. They're running it every now and then. And so I think it's a, it's a wonderful thing. And plus, it's such a goal. And it's so hard to do. I mean, I can't even emphasize how hard it is to do. But it's such a goal. And, and the mental accomplishment is, is, is much of the battle It's just telling yourself you can do this. So I, I congratulate people for it. It's a great yes. job.
0: And we have opened phones this morning, and I can't believe I even have – I have not yet said the phone number, Dr. Hilden, and already we are getting calls. So just to remind folks, it is That's the number to call to the studio if you have a, a question for Dr. Hilden about anything that ails you, hopefully if it's not too severe because we want you to go to the hospital if that's the case, right? Um so, Dr. Hilden, should we start with Lawrence in Minneapolis? Let's do it. All right. Go ahead, Lawrence. You're on the air with Dr. Hilden.
2: Uh, yes, Dr. Hilden. Um, in one of your shows a few months ago, uh, a caller asked about uh, blood testing uh, for insulin. And uh, you told them that doctors don't normally test for insulin uh, because the levels fluctuate wide, wildly throughout the day. And so uh, you test for glucose instead. Uh, But there's been a a new book out uh, earlier this year by Dr. Mark Hyman at the Cleveland Clinic. And he says that insulin resistance is the cause of almost all aging-related diseases. And he recommends that people get tested for insulin in a fasting state and also two hours after a glucose load. And if your blood... Insulin tests higher uh, than that, uh, than, a, than a certain level, um, you should immediately stop eating all
1: refined starches and sugars.
0: What are your thoughts, Dr. Hilden? Well,
1: I have mixed thoughts on that because partial, part of what you say is true, and part of what this doctor says is true that your, your insulin resistance is a problem. It is the main problem in conditions such as type 2 diabetes. It's the main problem. Your body makes insulin but it doesn't use it well it's resistant to its its effects. Much of the rest of that is unproven, though. What this, what you're, what you're describing here, does it cause all all medical problems? I think that that is speculation at best. I mean, you know, it might have some effect. Insulin um, plays a great role in our metabolism, so I would take some exception that it's the cause of everything. It, it, we just don't know that. Uh, the other point about getting it measured, what are you going to do about it? What you said you would do if you, if you, what he's suggesting is that you get your insulin levels checked and then you modify your diet to not eat so many refined sugars and starches. Well, I would tell you do that anyway. You don't need to know your insulin test to know that refined sugars and starches are bad for you. So I think almost every one of us would say, do that anyway. You don't need to know your insulin test to know that refined sugars and starches are bad for you. So I think almost every one of us would suggest that quit eating refined stuff or minimize it as best you can. So um, processed sugars, table sugar, um, uh, soda pops that have sugar in them; uh, those are just awful for you. And, and then the simple starches, potatoes, rice, pasta, white bread—all those are refined. Lay off of those anyway, and switch to whole grains and whole foods. And uh, and that's a good strategy. So it's it's an interesting conversation. But those are that's my initial reaction. It's it's a good question, Lawrence.
0: It is, and it can help us all kind of understand about what we're putting in our mouths and whether it's you know. What to stay away from. That's always good. Even though we know exactly. we should, sometimes we don't anyway. Uh, Gary is next in St. Louis Park in my neighborhood. Gary, go ahead. You're on the air with Dr. Hilden and Healthy Matters.
2: Hi, good morning, guys. Dr. Hilden, last Friday or about nine days ago, I received my booster shot and I was so excited. The, the questions I have is how long before that is fully incorporated into my system? And I, I'm a bit confused exactly what benefits Well, do I receive now from getting that booster shot?
1: Yeah, Gary, it's incorporated right away within hours, hours, your body is making an additional amount of antibodies due to the booster. And so within days, it's really boosted you. So, so your protection happens very quickly. Uh, after the very first of any of the COVID vaccines, it takes a couple of weeks for it to be fully effective, and then after the second shot, it takes a little longer. But you've already got some antibodies, so you're already quite protected. The booster is just just that; it just boosts it a little bit, so you're protected quite a bit. Uh, uh, your the, your immune system does a is con, it consists of many things. The first thing is an antibody, and that that is, but that's only one part of it the remainder of your immune system involves white blood cells and things called memory cells that live in your body probably for years, if not forever. So all of those cells are just getting manufactured within hours to days of when you got that booster shot. And so um, good on you for getting it done. I'm going to get mine probably this week. So uh, it was a good choice.
0: Very good. It is 17 minutes past 7 o'clock on a Sunday morning, Marathon Sunday in the Twin Cities. You're listening to Healthy Matters with Hennepin Healthcare, Dr. David Hilden, and we will take more of your calls after this quick break at 651 461 six one nine two two six. Again, that number 651 461 We're back right after this short break. It is Healthy Matters on a Sunday morning. Dr. David Hilden of Hennepin Healthcare on our news line, talking about all things health, taking your phone calls at 651 461 That's 651 want to remind people again, Dr. Hilden, about rolling up your sleeves, making a <laughs> choice, the choice to get vaccinated. It's still a problem. I was just talking to a friend who got into a big fight with another friend when she heard that that friend had not gotten vaccinated and it just causes knockdown drag out fights between people that love each other
1: it really does and it's kind of it, it it i will say most of my physician colleagues are just about at the end of their ropes it's it's just about they're just so done with it they're so done with the whole conversation um, because it, it we're so far beyond there being any real controversy among those who are actually following the the facts. There's there's a lot of infor- misinformation out there, and you know, I, I heard one place that there's like a dozen people who started most of the misinformation on social media, and then there's entire politicians and whole factions that have spread some misinformation and. That simply stuff isn't true. And uh, uh, and so I know it does. It gets into um, di- disagreements among people who otherwise would, would be you know, family members and friends and, and the like. And I just liken it to, you know, we, we live in Minnesota. When we go outside, we don't put on a windbreaker when it's January and 20 below. We dress in layers. We put on our gloves and we put on mittens or choppers on top of it. And we put a hat on and we do this, that, and the other thing. And we wear a shirt and long johns and we put on layers. That's what we're talking about in the COVID response. We need layers. Not one thing is going to solve everything, but the layers are our behaviors we do, our social distancing, and then it's the masking, and then it's the vaccines. And the vaccine is by far and away the most effective one of those layers. But you need them all. No one of them is going to be adequate. And frankly, we'd be done with this whole thing if everybody would get vaccinated. So please, everybody, go find your nearest drugstore or healthcare system and get your vaccination. And don't be one of those people who regretted it, because people who get sick in the hospital, every one of them, the almost every one of them, almost every one of them was unvaccinated, and people who are dying, almost every one of them is is unvaccinated, and you don't want to be that family. Says, "Oh, if we only had listened." So, please go get your vaccine, everybody.
0: Um, and do you think that there was this kind of resistance? To like the polio vaccination or the, you know, I mean, I know we weren't around in the throes of it. My mom talks about it as being a time when people were just terrified and particularly because children were dying and that was the kind of the driving force behind people falling in line with that one. Do you know what I'm saying about that attitude toward a vaccine? I
1: totally do, yeah. I think we're in a bit of an era in our world and in our society that's a little bit anti-science, and I don't think we maybe were back in the 50s when we were trying to go to the moon and we were trying to, you know, get rid of all these diseases and there was a little more trust in our institutions. No, I get it. People are mistrustful of institutions, but one thing that still works really well—in fact, works way better than it did in the '50s—is our scientific uh, institutions. There, I do trust them. Uh, you know, it was interesting. I was—I was reading um, Susie that George Washington, our very first president, required. The Continental Army to get inoculated against smallpox, mm. and um, it was a requirement. And that's when the the actual vaccine, the inoculation against smallpox, was a wee bit dangerous. And several, you know, it was like one, two, three percent of soldiers died of the thing that George Washington made them take, the inoculation. But so many more survived that I read one person just speculating, saying we can almost uh, we can almost thank the smallpox vaccine for the birth of our country because of George Washington's decision to force soldiers to get vaccines. So we have a long history of requiring people to get vaccines. And we do it for schools. We do it for yellow fever. You can't travel today without a yellow fever card in your wallet. So we do these things now. So we have a long history of it, but I think it's a it's a fascinating conversation. And, and I too wasn't alive during the polio one, although I know I got my vaccines for all those things because my folks did the right thing.
0: Yeah, I remember Being, we were talking about this in the newsroom, being in my elementary school lunchroom, I suppose I was seven, and I think I got that measles, mumps, rubella, the one that makes the mark on your arm.
1: Yeah, well, that's smallpox. The little mark on your back of your arm is smallpox. Yeah, I
0: got that. I remember we were all little, and we were just sitting there, and I remember, it's a memory, though, you know, of all of us waiting to get our little little shot that little I have shot. mine too. Yeah.
1: I'm just old enough that I was vaccinated for smallpox and, and, and a few years younger than me they were not because you know what the disease went away. It's the only disease we've eradicated, the only infectious disease we've eradicated and it was done through vaccines not through natural uh, immunity. We've never gotten rid of a disease through natural immunity. And currently COVID is the worst infectious disease in the history of our nation it's the worst one in the history of the United States even surpassing the 1918 influenza outbreak so this is it this is the worst worst pandemic we've ever seen in the United States
0: wow and on that happy note how is it yeah, going lovely. at the hospital i mean are you well, the
1: hospital yeah they're just swamped uh, now we're not overrun in Minnesota with COVID patients, although we have some. It's so funny that we have a few dozen COVID patients and we think it's okay. And we do. We have a few dozen COVID patients. But, uh, the hospitals throughout the metro area, throughout the state of Minnesota are full. It is simply, they're just full. And so if you have, um, a condition that's maybe not even COVID, uh, you, you, there might not be a bed immediately available for you. I had one guy, um, I knew he was practicing in North Dakota. He was looking in five states for a bed for his patient, a doctor in a small hospital. He couldn't find one. In the Dakotas or Minnesota and Montana, he was calling all over the place. So hospitals throughout the nation are full. And that's largely due to just a variety of factors. It's other illnesses. It's the things people haven't been getting cared for over the past two years. And now they're needing hospitalizations and we just don't have the bed. So your your hospital system in our state is very, very close to um, a stress point that it can't continue much longer. And uh, uh, and I think that uh, people are gonna be really surprised when you wanna go in and get your elective surgery done and your hospital says, no, we're not used to that in this country. We're not used to being told no. You want that MRI? The answer might be no. We just don't have the ability to do that any longer. We're no longer in that situation.
0: It is 728 on a Sunday morning. The phone number to call if you have a question for Dr. Hilton about COVID or whatever happens to be ailing you at the moment, 651-461-9226. It's 651-461-9226. Let's take a call from Joyce in Stillwater on line two, and then we'll take a break and get to some text questions as well. Uh, go ahead, Joyce. You're on the air with Dr. Hilden.
3: Yes, Dr. Hilden, I love your program. Would taking a flu shot uh, bother also taking a shot for osteoporosis? Not at the same time, but a few days apart. They do an injection for Prolia, for instance, which I'm taking. Is there any conflict you see between the two?
1: Yeah, thank you, Joyce, and thank you for your kind words about listening to the show. I always thank listeners for doing for listening. No, there should not be a problem with getting your flu shot and your prolia shot. Um they work completely differently. We don't recommend people get two shots in the exact same place in your arm, because uh, you might get a sore arm. You might get a sore soreness at the ejection site. So you can go ahead, you can get your flu shot um with other shots as well. You can get your flu shot with other treatments. Uh, just do it in different arms, and it's a great time to get your flu shot, everybody. And you can even get it at the same time as your COVID booster.
0: How about that? 7:27. No, actually, 7:29. What am I reading, Dr. Hilton? We'll mm. take a quick break and do a little weather, and then be back with more texts and more calls at 651-461-9226. It's Healthy Matters. It is Healthy Matters on a Sunday morning on WCCO 734. Dr. David Hilden of Hennepin Healthcare. We're taking your calls and texts. 651-461. Remember that. 461-651-461-9226. Let's take Steve next, Dr. Hilden. In, it looks like he's in Savage this morning. Hi, Steve. How are you
2: Good morning. Good I morning. hope I'm doing well. I love your program. <laughs> this is great. I listen whatever I can. <laughs> I have a question about Hantavirus. I'm cleaning out a uh, storage unit, and it's, it's just full of mouse droppings, and the scent is really strong. And I'm wondering, um, with a couple of hours of, of exposure to it, is it advisable to get tested for Hantavirus? And can you talk about it, how quickly it sets in? Is it fast-moving or slow-moving? You know, and what is it? I'd be interested
1: to know.
0: Yeah, what is it, Dr. Hill?
1: Well, Steve, first of all, thanks for listening to the show, and thanks a lot for bringing up something I haven't thought about since, like, med school. <laughs> <laughs> Should I Google it? Hantavirus um, is, uh, here's what I learned in med school, Steve, and, and I'm not going to, like, actually um, advertise this as the best medical advice in the whole wide world, but hantavirus is indeed carried by mice. I do recall it being largely in the southwestern United States, though, like Arizona and New Mexico and... and for some reason, I the the San Joaquin Valley sticks in my head, and I can't even remember where the San Joaquin Valley is. But I seem to remember it being on some med school test saying, where is hantavirus? So what Steve's talking about, it is a mouse-borne virus that's on mice, and you get it um when you're bit by mice. So here's the deal. I wouldn't worry about it. Um, but, uh, if you're routinely working with loads and loads and loads of rodents, I'm sure it's a lab test that can be sent out. In other words, I doubt your local hospital or clinic is going to know what to do, but they do a send out lab. They can draw your lab and send it to a lab in Cleveland or New York or San Sacramento. You know, there's labs, other places. So you could ask for that. I don't think I would worry about it. It does call cause a, a lung infection that, that part I do remember. And it, it is, um, Uh, um, So it's possible to test for it. Um, Again, take everything I'm saying with a grain of salt because I have not seen a case of hantavirus, um, like, ever. So uh, I think you're probably okay with that. But you you could uh, consult with your local lab at your clinic, and I'll bet they could draw it and send it to another city to have it tested. All it's a great right. question, Steve. You're the first Hantavira question I think Hanta. I've ever had. So H-
0: is it H-A-U-N-T-A? A-
1: H-A-N-T-A. H-A, like Santa Claus, oh. but it's pronounced H-A-N-T-A Hantavirus. H-A-N-T-A virus.
0: Never heard of it. There you go. All right. 651-461. Yeah, it's, it's a real thing. <laughs> I bet. I'm, I believe you. 651-461-9226. Two, two, That's the number to call for texting, Dr. Hilden, and for phone calls. So I know you see text and I'm seeing text is there a text that jumps out to you this morning uh, with regard to a topic in particular. I know we're always reminding people to get that vaccine and get the booster. And who can yeah, there's get? There's lots that- on
1: those, aren't there? Yeah. Well, the- yeah. We have lots and lots of texts on that. Um, for those of you who are asking about Moderna booster, it's not yet ready. It's simply a matter of time. It'll be in a few weeks. So you hold tight. Uh, Moderna and J and J recipients, you're good to go. If there's a booster coming out, I'm sure it'll be in the next few weeks to months. Those of you who are got the Pfizer, if you're age 65 or older, or you've got a, or any kind of immune compromised condition, you can get it right now. And if your job is, puts you at high risk, um, you probably can get it as well. You can go to any old pharmacy and get that. How about this text, uh, Susie? There's a person about who's got rib fractures. It says, Good morning. I week ago, I had a bike accident, and I have some bruised ribs. Can I do any damage to trying to run? <laughs> it, it does hurt. It does hurt when I take deep breaths. You know that—that's commitment, right Isn't there. Isn't it
0: though? Holy cow! <laughs> I'll tell you what. Come on, buddy. It's called Netflix. Lay down and watch it. Have some Doritos and a Diet Coke. <laughs> I'll tell. Let's see. What's the name? I'm gonna request. I'm gonna. I'm gonna suggest some shows to watch. No, how long do you wait? <laughs> generally? I, love that. I do. I'm too. still laughing because
1: it's like, holy cow! I, you know, I would agree with Susie on this one. Take it easy for a while. I mean, do what's so,
0: a while though? Because pe- a lot of people do. until it
1: doesn't hurt quite so much anymore. Okay, for okay. the first week or two, if they're just bruised. Now, this texter, I you know, is, they're just it's on a text, so I can't ask, but they're just bruised, and so you know what. If it, doesn't, if, if it hurts to breathe in, give your chest wall a bit of a break here. Let those, uh, let those blood vessels, those muscles, all that bruising, let that get better. That should happen in a week or so. Uh, you can do other things, you know, just gently walk. Just do walking and the like and, and, and be gentle about it. And then over the coming weeks, you can gradually build up to your activity. If you have rib fractures, I would let it go for a good month or two. Because yeah. it'll, it, it'll be too hard to breathe in and, and let them heal.
0: I have a friend, Doctor Hilden, who was um sledding down the hill last winter up in Grand Marais, and she hit a bump and went off the sled and hit her back on a rock and broke a vertebrae. Yep. And we're just talking about, you know, taking care of your body. And, you know, she is out there, man. She's a roller. She was a roller derby girl, you know, very, very busy, very, very active. And it was took her a lot, but she realized how important it was for her. You know, she wore the brace. And she did not mess around. And I think that's something to remember about when we're injured to really trust that our body will heal if we allow it to, right? Right. Yes, exactly. And, you know, as much as you want to get right back out there, there are times when you just got to slow down and, and trust That it'll get better, but you got to give it a little time. Yeah, but you know, and and it's
1: it's also like I can relate to this guy though, because of all those marathons I ran, I ran one of them with a stress fracture of my foot. But you know, you know, and and it's like that was stupid, Ah! but it's what I did though. You know, I had a stress fracture of my metatarsal right in the middle of my foot, hurt like heck. But gee, I'd been training for four months, and I'm not about to give up on it now. So you know, you just kind of you forget about it every time your foot hits the floor, it hurts. But you know, eh. That wasn't the right thing to do
0: either. In hindsight, well, if we're going to yeah. go down that path of things we shouldn't have done, that's a whole nother show. Yeah. Can I, <laughs> do I
1: do I have time for another text here? Yeah, Susie? we
0: have another caller too. Catherine is on the line, but if you want, we could do Catherine and let's do Catherine. Let, let's and do then Catherine. you can do the um, text. Hi, Catherine.
3: Hey, good morning, Susie and Doctor Hilda. I'm. I just love your show. I have a question. I'm a. I'm a pharmacy technician, and a lady came in to get her test the other day, and we we were shut down. Computers were down, phones were down, and she started crying. She said, I'm supposed to go to a meeting uh, at work, and I thought, why are you going to work? You know, it's, I mean, people are sick. They are sick. You can see they're sick, uh, and they can't go, you know, they can't stay home because they're not getting paid for it. So that really imposes, I think, a huge problem. Uh, kids in school, too, it's the same thing. Their parents have to go to work. So what do they do? They send their kids to school. That, you know, you know that really impacts uh What's going on? It's um, I can't believe that that's it's propagating that COVID nineteen the you know the next thing to come right. And yeah, Catherine, you're right, that, Catherine.
0: Isn't that true though? I mean, that's what's happening. Is it schools are having outbreaks? You know, it, it that's what happens when we get back together. And, and
1: we don't have a, a great system in our country of allowing people to do that. You know, we don't in healthcare. I don't know a doctor who takes a sick day. I mean, it's like holy cow, people. You know, you know because they I I know some and I may be guilty of this. I think I've taken four sick days in 15 years. Oh my you know, gosh. It, it it's unbelievable and it's not right. It's not uh, I'm not suggesting that. I agree with Catherine. It's like how do we go about our life here if we're sending sick people off to work and and it's partially our 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 system doesn't um, doesn't allow people to do that, and we don't allow so much for parents. You know, holy cow, if your kid's sick, you know, what are you even supposed to do? So that's a really good point, Catherine. I I think you're you're spot on, correct about that. So thank you for your call, and thanks for listening.
0: And I hey, also think to, I was going to say before, and you can get to the text there in one second. Then we have Ellen on the line. Just it's our society too, Doctor Hilden, that, that we wear our work ethic as a badge of honor and that we're glorified and worshiped if we drag ourselves into work every day. You know what I mean? Again, it's not, we just think if we push, 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 then we'll win no matter if we feel like crapola after. So exactly. that's my two exactly. cents.
1: I think your two cents are right. <laughs> go Here, ahead, I'll go to a to text it, line. Yeah. Here's a text. It okay. says, what are probiotics? My husband, mm. 72, and I, 74, go to a personal trainer once a week. Our trainer is recommending we take probiotics. We're both in good health. Your thoughts? So probiotics are live bacteria and fungus and other microorganisms that are thought to be beneficial. So your intestinal tract is full of them. When you use the toilet, most of what comes out is bacteria. It is you are you're you're loaded with them and they're healthy and you need them. But for certain conditions, you get diarrheal illnesses or some other things, it maybe gets a a little deranged. And and so it is thought to be helpful for some of those things. You can take it in a pill form. You can eat yogurt. They have it in in yogurt, just live cultured yogurt. It's largely thought to be good for you, but there's very little, almost no evidence about the long-term effects, either the good or the bad of taking probiotics. That being said, I think it's reasonable to do if you're so inclined. It's not likely to be harmful. It possibly might be helpful, especially if you have digestion digestion problems. That's my take on probiotics.
0: Wonderful. Ellen is on our line next asking you a question. Ellen, good morning. Good morning. Hey, where are you from? Love your show. Thanks. Where are you from? Uh, Outing. And where is outing? outing? Yeah, where is Outing, Minnesota? I've never heard of that it, city. It's about an hour north of Brainerd. Ah, okay. Anyway, Dr. Outing. outing. Yeah, where is Outing, <laughs> Minnesota? I've never heard of that it, city. It's about an hour north of Brainerd. Ah, okay. Anyway, Dr. Hilton, I never heard of Outing before. I haven't either. Most people haven't. All right. Well, you can ask your question next.
3: My husband and I are seniors, and we have kids coming from out of state in November. They have kids, our grandkids, that are in public school, young, real young kids. Um, I was just debating, we're going to get our booster, and we're debating do we get it now or do we wait closer to November?
1: I would get it now, Ellen. Um, And because you want to visit your grandkids and you want to see them over. And so I would get your booster And take reasonable precautions. I mean, you can be with your grandkids and the like. We have to live and we have to do those kinds of things. But take reasonable precautions. If anyone's feeling sick, keep your distance. Wash your hands a lot, um, uh, those kinds of things. But get your booster now and you'll be the most protected. And then I would say enjoy the time with your grandkids.
0: Wonderful. It is 651-461-9226. It is Healthy Matters with Dr. David Hilden of Hennepin Healthcare, and we'll take your calls after this quick break on Newstalk 830WCCO. Good morning. It is just about 10 minutes before 8 o'clock. A lot of folks getting ready to run around the Twin Cities. 8 o'clock is the start time for that big race. Dr. David Hilden, a marathoner, uh, with us this morning for Healthy Matters. Hennepin Healthcare. Dr. David Hilden. Uh, we have James on the line. Let's take James, and then we'll see if there are some textures as well. James, go ahead. You're on the air. <laughs> Oh, I wonder if we lost James because maybe he was waiting a little long. Sorry about that. Uh, do you have textures coming in, Dr. Hilden, uh, as well? I
1: I sure do. And thanks to the texter who clarified for me where the heck the San Joaquin Valley is. It's in Central California, north of L.A., includes Bakersfield and Fresno. That was for the Hantavirus question, which is indeed mostly in the southwest U.S. So thanks for that. Leave it to the listeners to know what's going on. Okay, here. Um Here's a text that says, if natural immunity and antibodies are more than 20 times better than a shot, and also many doctors prescribe treatments like chloroquine, but the pharmacy refuses to dispense, why does the science not support? Because everything that texter said is just inaccurate. Natural immunity is not more than 20 times more effective. It's the other way around. Um, natural immunity is pretty good, but probably not as good as the shot. And certainly not as good as the shot after you got, um, uh, if you ever got COVID, if you got COVID and then you get your vaccine, you're golden. You're the, you're, yeah, that's what you're, you get the vaccine and you're doing well. But if you don't get the vaccine, your natural immunity is not known to be as protective. Okay. Let's go to, um, let's go to another one. Um, there was some about a hip fracture here and someone said, uh, Oh, now I've lost it. Okay, so I'm going to go to a different one. Sorry about hip fracture, Guy. Someone was asking the question about knee. Oh, here it is, about needing a hip fracture, but they got canceled because the hospital had a lack of staff. What should they do? Yeah, And and I hear you. And that is exactly what we're seeing. We do not have enough staff. It's not like we don't have rooms and operating rooms and scalpels. We just don't have enough staff and you can't find operating nurses just growing on trees. And so and they're being redeployed to other things. It's a law. It's a it's a indirect problem due to COVID. Um, And so I'm sorry about that. Keep trying. Keep (laughs) trying. um, I mean, ask your surgeon to get you on the schedule and don't be surprised if it gets even canceled late. All right? right. Like so.
0: We have one call that we can maybe squeeze in before we run out of time. Let's do it. Cletus is calling from Lafayette. Cletus, you're on the air.
1: Question in regard to the booster of the vaccine, Uh, do I wait for the Moderna or do I go get the Pfizer? Yeah, I would. If if you got the Moderna originally, Cletus, I would just wait for the Moderna booster to come out. Same with J and J. The Moderna um, and J and J protection seems to be really pretty good. Moderna might even be a little better than Pfizer, and J and J seems to be really good. Mm-hmm. So you're okay. We don't have to just rush, rush, rush off into the I would just wait and get the same thing you got earlier. Now, if you just really don't want to wait, it might be the case that mixing and matching the vaccines is okay. It's probably not harmful, and who knows? A year from now. we might even be recommending that but for now i would just get the same one you got before and just wait
0: and isn't that just the whole virus i mean the whole pandemic i know you're going to talk about it more next week with dr john hick but just the pandemic and the response to it and the information and misinformation that's out there because there's still a lot that we don't really know about this right i mean am i wrong about that i mean
3: no no you're not
0: i mean that it it's continuing to um, mutate, right? There's get, they're all the scientists are always looking into what's happening with it as a living organism, right?
1: Exactly. You're, people are seeing science in real time here. None of this is unusual in the scientific method. It is, a, it is you. You have a hypothesis, you test that hypothesis and then if it works out you take it to the next level and the next and the next and if it doesn't you try something else. It's literally the scientific method in a nutshell and people are just seeing it in real time. The science is absolutely brilliant. Um, what we're doing now. People say, well, you're told us something different six months ago. Well, yeah, when they were sending the moonshot to land people on the moon, they were changing their science daily, every day. If they reported to you, well, today we're going to shoot a purple rocket up there and next week we're going to shoot a different rocket up there. It's not because they failed. It's just because they learned new information. So this is indeed science in real time. And so people are going to learn new things, all the time, we are reporting the best we knew the, that we know as of this moment, and that's kind of how it works. So
0: I remember, Doctor. Um, oh, last week, Doctor. Oh, I forget his name. Remember? Oh, Doctor. Winkleman was yeah, on last week. He yeah. said it's like building the plane while you're flying it.
1: <laughs> exactly. That's kind of what we're doing. You know, no. we're changing. We're changing a couple things around while we're flying. Which which gets me to next week's show, Susie. Yeah, it's, we we're going to have
0: thirty seconds.
1: Oh, Dr. John Hick literally leads the state of Minnesota's um, uh, pandemic response. He is as good as they come on emergency uh, preparedness. He's been on the show before. He happens to be one of my colleagues at Hennepin Healthcare. just one of the more of the things that we do at Hennepin. And so Dr. Hick is going to be talking to us about the whole pandemic response, where we stand, what he sees for the future. If you want to get it straight from the horse's mouth, so to speak, uh, you're going to hear it next week if you tune into the show. And, and one last shout out to Marathoners. Starting time is in just a few minutes. Six Best minutes. of races to
0: you. Best of races. And remind people if they want to schedule an appointment with a provider at Hennepin Healthcare, they can go ahead and call the hospital. Yes, yeah, 6- They can call
1: us at 612 873 MyMD. All right. And again,
0: 612 873 6963. Have a great week, everyone.
1: Thanks, Dennis. Thanks, Susie. Bye now.